Hello, listeners, and welcome. Twelve Sided Stories presents Otherworld London, an actual play RPG podcast that uses the seventh edition Call of Cthulhu system. We weave macabre, gaslight era tales of terror and suspense for your listening enjoyment. Our games are story driven and rules light. Now, our keeper for Otherworld London, Wes Otis. Everybody. Welcome to episode 26 of Otherworld London. This is the second episode. Uh, Bria was in the first episode in her solo adventure where you got to meet Dr. Powell. And right now, we're going to go around and introduce the players. We're going to start with Terry. Hi, um, I'm Terry Gamble. I'm playing Alizé Carew, um, shopkeeper or well, former shopkeeper, not sure how well the shop's doing these days, um, and um, a fiancé. Uh, and lots of wonderful things are happening in my life. So we'll see what happens next. It's been a little dicey since I last saw you. Hey, I'm Mac Beauvais, and I am playing Ethel Prendergast, who is just going down the rabbit hole. She's going to go cuckoo bananas this time around, I'm sure of it. And if not, why not? Hello, my name is Dr. Powell. You can just call me Powell. Uh, I'm soon to be introduced to the group. And I'm Michelle Otis, and I play Eugenia Penbottom of the Lancashire Penbottoms. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Just as a quick recap, last season, you guys were trying to figure out how to deal with Mabel, who had basically created a cult out of the London Spiritual Society. And she and Kate Plum had basically tried to summon an elder god into London. Luckily, you were able to stop this and kill Mabel by sicking a bunch of maggots and worms all over her body and causing like her you do. to... Like you do. Ethel did that, but you guys all worked as a team. The other things that happened were Sir Nuno started a church in the form of large trees bursting up through buildings. So far, there's been two trees that have done this, and there are a lot of people that have started wearing these masks. More and more people seem to be putting them on and going to these sites and there's a very big, like, Celtic Druid vibe going on throughout the whole town. And regular citizens don't seem to be noticing much, which is kind of disconcerting. Ethel lost most of her power at the beginning of last season. And then the Lady of White gave her power back. But now she wants something in, in return for giving her this power. Benny really, really wants to get married soon, and his mother has been also pushing for that. Oh, mothers. Yes. Yes. She's she's very ready for you guys to get married. You uh, basically told Sir Nunos, we're like, okay, bye, I'm done. It was really difficult, but love is love. And he's been kind of trying to pressure you into a relationship. Eugenia has been dealing with her son, Robert Jr., who has been taking money and spending it on women of the evening and other things, buying his wife expensive clothing and then telling them that, you know, her and the general have to be more austere with their finances. And I touched on this in... The last episode with Abria, we're going to be starting about three weeks after the incident at the warehouse. So it's been three weeks and you guys have been kind of getting all of your ducks in a row talking about what you want to do in regards to Sir, Sir Nunos and the, the Lady in White. At the end of last season, Maggie Cooper had taken some pretty hard hits mentally Tommy's head getting blown off and all this other stuff that happened. So about a, a week after everything went down, she just kind of had a epiphany that she really wanted to get away from all of this supernatural BS, for lack of a better term, supernatural stuff. And she decided to leave because her mental health had kind of just gotten to the point where she needed to break away. 
So Ethel, Eugenia, and Alice A said goodbye to her, and she's been gone for about a week. And that's where we're going to basically pick it up. So Eugenia, you're downstairs in your home. It's early morning. You guys have been looking through all of these different books and trying to find some kind of way to not only deal with Sir Nunos, but also to deal with the Lady in White. And you suddenly hear a knock on the front door. Goffrey goes and comes quickly back and goes, uh, Madam, there are several women on the front porch and they would like to speak with you. Should I send them away or are you available? The door is still open. They can hear everything he's saying. Thank you for your tremendous work as always, Godfrey. Yes, I'll be down momentarily. Show them to the parlor. I don't know if they'll all fit in the parlor, ma'am. There's quite a few of them, and, um... How many women, approximately? Well, I think there's about 20, 25 people lined up on the front porch. I don't know. My maths have never been good. Can you find out what they would like? One says that that's part of some movement for, I don't know, women voting or something else, and the other one is about women not voting. Oh, well then, only show in the ones for women voting, please. Really? I think I've made myself clear. Uh, all right, ma'am, I'll, I'll, I'll show them. I'll show them in. So he leaves, and there are 15 women of varying age. Philippa is there, and she comes forward and goes, Oh, thank you so much for not seeing that other group. They're trying to stop us from spreading the word about getting the vote. We know that you're more of a progressive woman, and we're wondering if you would join us in our campaign to get women to be eligible to vote. Well, I am terribly busy, although I do support the the right for women to vote. Um, what would be involved in this? Well, in a week or so, we're planning to do a protest in Hyde Park uh, near Buckingham Palace. After that, uh, we're planning a, a tea party to be able to invite more women from different parts of the city to be able to try and get them to convince their husbands that it's in their best interest to let us, you know, vote. We'd really appreciate it if you would be a part of the protest as well as the tea party. They're both equally as important, of course. Of course they are. Of course they are. You always need refreshments after a protest. So, yes, I would I would absolutely love to be involved. When is it? Next Saturday. Excellent. Then um then definitely pencil me down. Thank you. So she leaves and the general comes down and he kind of looks in, sees all the women and goes the opposite direction. <laughs> like, just like, Whoop. of course he don't, does. <laughs> don't want any part of that. I'm going over here now. Alizé, you're at your shop. You've recently tried to open up again because things have kind of calmed down a little bit. And as you're going through your morning. Benny comes in with his mother in tow, and he says, Oh, uh, 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 hello, uh, Alizé. It's it's always nice to see you. H- how are you? I hope this isn't an inconvenience. No inconvenience. What can I do for you, love? Well, um, we were hoping that maybe we could talk about our um, plans of uh, a marriage. Oh. My mother. Right. Um... My mother was interested in possibly going shopping today and taking you uh, around to talk about maybe details, things I have no idea about. Uh, I'm just going to trust that you two will know what to do. Um, I trust both of you. Oh, uh, all right. Um, Sure. All right, sure. Maybe tomorrow? But she insists on today, right? Uh, uh, All right. Well, his mother goes, if you need to wait till tomorrow, that's perfectly fine. I can clear my schedule for that day as as well, I guess. I'd, oh, I'd rather not interrupt your schedule. I would... Uh, all, right, all right, maybe we... Uh, 
Okay, fine. We can go. Oh, that'll be wonderful. Let's go see what we can find. Um, and we can talk about what you want in your your wedding. Like, what you envision. I feel like I might be at a loss. Uh, um, it's so hard to imagine. That's okay. Yeah, that, I understand. It's a big day. And I have some ideas that I can give to you to see if you like oh, those. Oh, wonderful. Um, sure, that sounds great. Excellent. So... <laughs> You guys, like, as soon as, as that's done, you got to go out the front door. <laughs> all right. All right. It's going to be great. I'm sure all your ideas are perfect. Oh. <laughs> Her mother-in-law might be the scariest thing in the show. <laughs> you know, as I die inside. Oh, my God. So, Ethel, you wake up in the morning Easter is on the bed. Have you hired anybody since you lost Agatha? Nope. You haven't replaced her yet. Okay, so you. No, I'm I'm lucky not to be, uh, some (laughs) somewhere in jail right now. So. Right. True. True. You make your breakfast and you kind of get everything together, and as you're sitting there, Rose comes in and sits down at the table with you, and she goes, um. We were talking, us, me, and the other housemates, I guess is what you'd call us now. And um, I'm not sure that is precisely what I would call you, but do go on. Well, we noticed that you're alone a lot of the time, and <laughs> we think that maybe you'd be happier with us. Are you suggesting that I take my own life? Well, if you're not capable of doing it because you're afraid we could always help i mean we would love to have you on our side in all due time oh we have nothing but time oh i am pointedly aware of that fact darling can i ask you a favor would you mind if you go down to the general store today and get me a, one of them new crossword puzzles I just would like something to be able to uh, pass the time here. I will see what I can do. Thank you, Dumplin. You're wonderful. You can stop with the darling and Dumplin. I can what? You heard me. Okay, sweetie. I'll try not to say Dumplin or, or darling anymore. Anyway, I will be in the front reading a book. Thank you, darling. Oh, sorry. And then he walks away. (laughs) Hateful. Hateful. A hateful ghost. (laughs) Uh, Ethel gets to live in her own private hell. (laughs) Right then, uh, there's a knock at the door. It's like someone's like hitting a hammer against the door, just really heavy. Oh, what is it now? I'm going to go over to the front door and uh, I imagine I have some sort of peephole or something so I can. Yeah. And when you look through, there's a very tall man. He's probably about six foot 10, six foot 11, really skinny with an ill-fitting suit on and a top hat. His skin is gray, and he's got, I want to say, spider veins all over his face that are kind of red and pulsating a little bit. I'm going to open the door a little bit, just enough to be polite. Okay. Uh, You hear your father say, Darling, you have a gentleman caller here. My instinct is to turn and go, but... I, I do that and look back up at the stranger and go, oh, forgive me. My cat was looking to run out the door. Uh, is there something I can assist you with? Yes. My name is Dr. Vogue, and I've been asked to come here and speak to you about the supernatural. My master has questions. And your master is? My master. I'm assuming that there is some name attached to them besides master? I'm sure there is. 
Give me a moment. And she closes the door again. Okay. And goes to tidy up the parlor a bit because she hasn't had company for a while. All right. And to stash the book away because she's been busy reading the book still. You hear Rose say, by the looks of it, you may be with us sooner than you think. Be careful. I would ask you to be quiet, Rose. Uh, Excuse my brashness. It's just, uh, what what is today? So do you let him in? Yeah, after I tidy up the parlor a little bit, I do let him in. Excellent. All right, we'll be back to you. Abria. Hello. Hello. So this is the night after you kept your neighbors up with your bohemian boyfriend, your, your <laughs> Scottish bohemian boyfriend. Yes. Martin and I are <sighs> energetic. Yes. <laughs> Scandalous. Scandalous. I like it. Um, Marriage is the tool of the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about what you would do usually in your morning. Like what time do you wake up? How do you get ready for your day? That kind of thing. Um, She's a pretty early riser just because it takes a while to get over to like the docks. And she knows that like the dock workers that she, she often treats uh, in the morning, like begins super early. So it's just a little bit before dawn and she's kind of, attempting to be quiet as she like makes some tea and like grabs a bit of food she's not at all domestic but she's just sort of gathering up all of her tools and uh she makes this like massive kettle of water and like a little bit of it is for her tea and the rest is to like do a little bit of sanitization of her instruments so uh yeah she kind of just prepares all of her work stuff and sneaks out the door it's not like a decorous morning she just kind of crawls out does Martin wake up with you or is he asleep until like 1030 or something? He's an artist. He wakes up at the crack of noon, she thinks. She has no idea. <laughs> okay. So when you get up in the morning and you're doing all these things, you head into the kitchen to boil your water for your tea and you notice that there is a single maggot on the floor. <sighs> I hate germs. Uh, What? Where could this have possibly come from? Uh, She immediately, like, crushes it and then goes about searching for wherever it came from. Okay, so you basically guess that it's moving from one side of the cabinets to the other side. It was making its way to whatever icebox you guys have. Mm -hmm. Um, And you go over to the cabinet, and it's just slightly ajar. You see a couple more maggots on the base of it. (sighs) I think she actually like pulls on her like heavier duty gloves. She's kind of like mentally stealing herself and then throws open the cabinet door. When you throw open the cabinet door, Fran's head tumbles out and it's got maggots all over it, like coming out of the eyes and everything else. Can you do a sand check for me, please? Uh, No, no, thank you. (laughs) You asked nicely. I'm going to say no. Uh, I got a 73, which is not great, I think. Okay. Because I'm at a 60, 65? Right. Yeah, so that's that's not good. Yeah, yeah I did you missed bad. it. She's definitely, like, screams and, like, knocks over everything. And then you wake up. Oh. You're sweating and you're breathing really heavily. Martin just turns over to the other side and continues to snore. And you're by yourself in a pitch black apartment. Fuck. (sighs) Now I'm going to say because it was a dream and you've waken up, um, you're only going to take two sanity from that. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think she even tries to go back to sleep. She just sort of like disengages from the bed, like from the tangle of sheets and just goes and, tries to read or do something to calm down. Uh, She checks the cabinet to make sure there's not a head there. (laughs) Nothing's there. No no weirdness, nothing. You spend the morning reading a little bit. You get ready like you said you did, and you leave when you are supposed to. And on your way downstairs, you hear your landlady's door open. What should we call the landlady? Mrs. Parth. Dr. Powell, may we please have a conversation? Uh... Yeah, of of course, it's 
a little early for you, don't you? Yes, but I know that you work very hard, and it's it's hard to get your boyfriend to answer the door during the day. So I was hoping that we could talk about the agreements we had when you moved in. I was young once, and I understand that, you know, women of a certain age will want to have fun times. I, I get that. But when you moved in, you said that you were going to get married <laughs> within the next few months. <laughs> and I can't be uh, having uh, these kind of things going on in in the apartment. I'm, I know that this might be normal for your generation, but for mine, there are, there are things that you can and cannot do. Oh, Mrs. Parth, I appreciate your candor. Uh, she, her face is this like weird rictus of like Im- deep embarrassment and trying not to scream laughing. Just, uh. I, I'm just looking out for your reputation, my dear. You don't want it getting out that you're not married and living with a man. <sighs> I mean, this isn't Greece. <laughs> You're right. Oh, um, you know what? I will get right on that. Oh, I would appreciate that so much. Have a good day. Mm -hmm. And then she goes back into her apartment. (laughs) Oh, oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. And she's just going to like, as she's walking, she just mumbles to herself the entire time. Cool, 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 cool. Tight, tight, tight. (laughs) Lots of, like, smoothing her skirts and trying to look even more presentable since apparently she uh, fucked so crazy that it made her landlady nervous for her reputation. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that it was on a on a piano, so... I, worth, yeah. I did think about that. You guys had and, a pretty woman scene? Oh, my God. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, did, yeah. dreams. <laughs> I, I pushed his ass right up on that piano. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're heading to your normal area and where you, you know, to the hospital, and then you'll do your rounds uh, yeah. through the workhouses and the, the, the factories and stuff to help with people who accidentally saw off their arms. So we yep. will get back to you. Alizé. Yes. Benny, five minutes after you guys leave, goes, well, I think you ladies have it under control, and uh, I I should go and do something elsewhere. Uh, I love you, honey, and uh, if you... You're not going to come mother's with. Got you. No, I'd say, I want to be surprised. Good, good luck. And then he just... He leaves right. you with his mother. Uh, uh, it's okay, uh, uh, Benny. Uh, uh, I'll take care uh, of it. Uh, 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 okay. Bye. Darling. Oh, so... Are we getting a white dress or off-white dress? Uh, excuse me? Well, I just want to know what we're saying at this wedding. I was thinking white. Definitely white. Why would you even... Oh, excellent. Que- question otherwise. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not questioning. I'm just I asking, am a lady, darling. just as you are. Of course, darling. Let's, let's go look at dresses. If you have something to say to me, I would rather you say it now than passive-aggressively all day. Oh, well, I'm If you have words, sorry. share them now. I didn't mean to upset you. I'm just trying to find out what we are looking for. You've been Was pushing it? so hard for this wedding. I thought you had everything planned already. It sounds like you've got reservations and some hesitation. If you do speak now, we'll forever hold your peace. Well, I guess I'll be holding my peace then. I'm sorry. Let's go look at dresses, all right? And have a good day. I'm waiting for my apology before I move forward. Oh, well, I'm very sorry. I was just asking a simple question. I didn't mean to make you upset. Thank you. We shall have a lovely day. You're welcome. Now, Alizé, while you're out with her, you're noticing like clerks working at the at these different stores. Some of them have masks on. 
you notice there's like half the street kids that you see have little mouse masks on. Oh no. Mac, Ethel has this man outside her door that is very tall, very skinny, with these spider veins all over his gray skin. Sure. Waiting for you to come and talk to him. What would you like to do? Well, I was actually tidying up the parlor a little bit and hiding away the book, specifically. Okay. Because uh, she's still poring over it and has a lot of notes and crazy scribbles and things related yep. to it on the tabletops. But once she gets everything straightened and put together, she kind of, you know, straightens out her outfit and goes and opens the door. Thank you, ma'am. I am here to talk about tarot cards. Um, I was told that you are an authority on such matters. May I please come in? Yes. Uh, we can meet in the parlor. May I offer you some sort of refreshment? I am fine, madam. Thank you. But if you have some sugar water, I would appreciate it. Sh sugar water? Uh, sure you don't want a splash of whiskey in that? No, just a saucer of sugar water would be nice. A saucer? Yes, you, you'll see in a moment. Don't be alarmed, but my master is not human. I was told that as someone who deals with the supernatural that you would be okay with such spectacles. I certainly do not know who you spoke to that would give you such information, but I will attempt to keep an open mind. Excellent. So he follows you in. Do you go get a saucer of sugar water? Uh, yeah, I think there's enough curiosity of what's going on that she would uh, acquiesce. So he asks you to, he goes, can you please put it on the, the table here next to me? Sure. And she'll place it down, but kind of quickly shuffle back several steps. I understand your misconceptions. It will all become clear in a moment. And this really long five-inch cockroach comes crawling out of his coat and walks up his arm to his hand and then kind of gets into the saucer with the water and just sits there. And he goes, this is my, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Anyway, I was wondering about tarot cards and wanted to know if you could do a reading. Is it for you or for your friend here? Well, my friend is my master, but it is for me. He is just studying the situation. Sure. Let me get my deck. Thank you. And she's going to go and get her deck of tarot cards. All right, cool. You go and get your deck and come back and he hasn't moved at all. He's just sitting there and he's got his hands on the table and his fingers are about, I'd say twice as long as normal fingers should be. And they have extra knuckles on both his hands with elongated fingers. Okay. And he says, um, I know that this might seem odd, but... <sighs> My master is from a different time, and he is a scientist. He is capable of moving back and forth through time. He is also capable of connecting with lesser minds like ours. He can inhabit us and hear our thoughts. Why you are doing this reading, he would like to know if he can enter your mind. That is... Uh, I understand that that might be the means of communication for one of his persuasion, but my mind is my own, and I intend to keep it that way. That is understood. Continue. Show me. Do you feel that there are actual supernatural qualities for such things? I find... With reading cards, it's less about what I believe and more about what you believe. 
I do not know what I believe yet. So why don't we just give it a try? Certainly. Terry. Yes. You spent a good chunk of time with your future mother-in-law after you lay down the law in a way. (laughs) She backs off quite a bit. And at some point you guys are sitting and having tea kind of midday for lunch. And she goes, you know, I was thinking about what you said and I am sorry that I made the comment that I did. I've just, I've been under a lot of stress and I tend to be a bit on edge when there's lots of things going on. Dear, I'm, I'm very sorry. I am excited for you and Benny. I, I think that it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful marriage. I, I just want you both to be happy. I truly appreciate it. I want us to be happy too. I hope that you know that I am not entering this union lightly. And I do dearly love your son. I can see that. And, and he really loves you. Benny never quite explained much about your illness when you were having problems over the last few months. Are you feeling better? Much. Thank you so much. That's good. Uh, I've been having a hard time sleeping. Uh, That's why I'm a bit on edge. There's this thing I keep seeing in my dreams. and Oh, what is it? It's my husband. He... He's being ripped apart by a pack of wolves. I get the dream every night, and it's been keeping me up. Oh, that's that's dreadful. I would just... I don't know what I would do. I'm so sorry. Does it... This might be a strange question. Does it feel like it's a foreboding of some sort? Do you feel like... Do you feel like it's happening in real time as you're having this dream? Sometimes, and sometimes it it wakes me up and I I just feel this overwhelming urge of, or overwhelming sense of of dread. I don't quite know what to do about it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Do you take anything to help yourself sleep at night? Well, I haven't, but... I have thought that maybe I should. I might recommend something for you. We can stop by an apothecary on the way today, and as we make our way doing our errands, and I think there's something I could find to help you. I'd appreciate that very much. As I freak out inside. (laughs) Oh my god, oh no. Oh no, oh no. You definitely get the feeling of just immense. You're automatically on edge. You're like, holy shit. Yeah, hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Michelle, the day goes by, and for some reason, the general has this list of things that he would like you to go buy stuff for his office and do all this stuff. You basically stayed home too long in the morning, and we're doing in his opinion, nothing very important. And so he gave you a bunch of chores that he'd like you to do for him. Would you go out and do that stuff? Would you meet with anybody? What What would you do? I would probably go out and do that stuff begrudgingly, but I'd like to get out of the house and away from Godfrey because he annoys the heck out of me. And, um, you know, and use it as an excuse to maybe peek in on Alizé and on Ethel. Okay, so... As you're going about, when you go by Alizé's house, you notice that there are three or four of these people with masks going through every single thing in her house. You can see straight into the first floor where she has all of her stuff, and they're going through drawers carefully, though. What do you do? I'm going to assume she's not there because they are going through it carefully. I'm going to walk away, hopefully without them seeing me. Um, And I'm going to go see if Ethel is at home. Can you give me a luck roll? Okay. I did not make my luck roll 53 over 20. All right. We'll get back to you. Uh Uh-oh. Mac, Ethel pulls out a few cards and Dr. Vogg is is watching very intently. He's examining everything that you're doing, is very interested. What cards do you pull out for him? Well, I pulled the moon, the knight of wands, and I kid you not, the devil. 
<laughs> what do these three things mean for me? Well, it seems there's some internal navigating to do by way of understanding yourself and generally the moon can also deal with a bit of nightmares and the things that all seem like bad options and we still have to find the way forward. The Knight of Wands tends to represent uh, passions and moving things forward and oftentimes it is a messenger who is bringing good news that deals with the things that we feel most interested in accomplishing and then the devil but the devil is misunderstood in most cases because with this particular card it is about our own vices and falling prey to them and not being able to see that and feeling it is an outside force rather than our own unwillingness to change i see and you put stock into these cards. You believe that they have purpose, correct? I do. And I believe that you do as well, considering you came here expressly for this purpose. My master is a scientist who wishes to know more about many things. I follow his lead. I offer you this gift as a thank you. And he puts this pair of glasses down on the table. These will help you with your future, the future that my master has seen, at least. Quite curious, but thank you nonetheless. We will be in London for a few more days. I am staying in not far from here. It's called the Midnight Moon Inn. I will be there for a little while. Uh, may I call on you again? in a day or two. I do not see why not. Thank you. And he gets up and he lets himself out. So you have these glasses. Do you want to do anything with them or are you going to just hold on to them? I think there's enough curiosity she would go ahead and put them on. Maybe against her better judgment, but it was uh, such an odd encounter as it was. I think she, she, she's been spending so much time trying to learn and find out what is going on and absorb all the knowledge she can that I think she's falling a little prey to that. Right. That makes sense. You put them on and they're this weird color. It's a little strange and your head hurts just for a moment. And then it kind of, everything kind of becomes normal again. Is there anything you want to do while you have them on? Yeah, she'll put them on for a moment and look around and if there's nothing that seems completely or altogether different about her surroundings, I think she'll probably take them off and put them into a pocket. Okay. So you go ahead and you look around and no, from what you can tell, nothing really looks all that different. Abria, you go through and you find that your day goes by pretty normally. There's a couple of accidents. You, you help a few people. You go by the hospital and you're walking down the street. It's getting closer to the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And this guy runs up to you and goes, ma'am, uh, my... Uh, Doctor, if you wouldn't mind... Uh, Oh, sorry, doctor. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but there's there's something wrong, and and, and I, I need your help. Okay, just explain what you're experiencing, and we'll diagnose it. My my friend, he he came to work, and he was acting normal, and then all of a sudden, he just fell on the ground, and he's he's having trouble breathing and he's got this mask on I, I can't get it I can't get it off of him yes okay well lead me to him let's go right away so you guys rush over to a nearby uh, warehouse and there's a bunch of people circling around this guy but not getting too close and he's got a one of those masks on it's actually a hawk mask okay and it looks like it's almost fused to his skin and he's like riding around and he's pushing on it and it's giving a little bit. What do you want to do? Um, I think she's going to get in close. And yeah, if she like the first thing she would do is probably put her hand on his chest to like try to get him to calm down a little bit. 
Right. And then investigating like the area where it seems fused. If it looks like it's like, does it look like it's closing up more? Yeah, it, it kind of looks like it's closing up and it looks relatively tight. But every time he pushes on it, it kind of lifts up a little bit. There's still a seam around the entire thing. Uh, then she's probably going to pull out her scalpel and just try to clear it. Okay, so you start cutting on this thing, and he starts yelling as you're doing it, and a lot of the people kind of turn around and look the other way. <laughs> and it, the, you get it to the point where one side lifts up a little bit, mm-hmm. and you feel like it, it has a little bit of a give, but you'll have to like really pull hard to get it to come up. Uh, before she would pull hard on it, uh, she would lean in. I want to lean in and investigate the space in between and just look at what the skin directly below the mask looks like. It looks like skin is actually attached to the mask. Yeah. So it's getting closer to looking like she's lifting his actual face off. Right. At this point. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I think with that, she would like definitely scream and stagger back. And spin around on and look for the man that like brought her here. And he's what? right there. He's, what is the meaning of this? What well, he, he he's been wearing that mask for the last few days, and and it's fused I, he, to his skin. It's no. I, this must be some sort of sick joke. What, ma'am? I I, I don't. Your guess is as good as mine. Please do something. If I clear the mask, I will be literally ripping his face off. What would you have me do? Why did he put it on? I don't know, ma'am. A lot of people have them on. And he starts convulsing behind you. You can see some foam starting to form around his mouth. Uh, yeah, I think with that, she's going to stop being like delicate about it and uh, go and like prise her fingers into the space between and just try to pull it all the way off. Give me a strength check. Is it just a normal one? Yeah, it's just normal. I got an 89, so nope. Do you want to push it? Or yes, do you I want do. It? Okay, so roll again. Dear Dice, please be better. Now, just so you know, something bad happens if you don't get the roll. I got a 26. Excellent. So you pull it off... And sure enough, parts of his, not all of his skin, but parts of his skin pull off with the mask. And there seems to be these tendrils that are reaching from the mask down. So I'm going to need a sand check real quick. No, thank you. Uh, 88. Whoopsie. Okay. You take two points. So you're a little, you know, weirded out and you kind of, what do you, you throw the mask kind of away from you, I'd imagine. Yeah. He's bleeding because you can see like the muscles and stuff. Yeah. I think what she would actually do is run back to her bag after throwing the mask and grab some like just a general anesthetic. She's going to try to like knock him out a little bit. Okay, cool. Just to get him to calm down so she can do like restorative work because this at least is normal looking now. Like missing right. skin and bits of face. Like I can fuck with that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> can you can you give me a um, just a medicine roll? 69. Oh, wow. So you're just right underneath. Just made it. (laughs) Awesome. So you go ahead and and you're like helping them. And it makes you even more aware of these masks. They're all over the place. And you notice that after you're done helping them, that there are some people that you can tell that the masks have fused on completely to the point where if you did take it off, it would rip off all of the skin of someone's face. And then there are even those that look like the mask has become their skin and they are no longer human. I, I, incredible. And uh, she's going to go grab the mask that she removed and like jam it into the bottom of her bag. Like she'll wrap it up a bunch so it doesn't fuse to like her bag. I don't know. She doesn't know what's happening. (laughs) Where do you want to go after all of this? Um... I think she's spent the day incredibly preoccupied with everything that she saw at the morgue right. earlier. And just there's something very weird happening. And maybe it's better to try to get to the bottom of that. Okay. So. Well, they gave you the addresses of all of the people. Do you want to, who, who would you head over to? Um, 
All right. Meta knowledge. Would I want to head to probably the most prominent of the three and then maybe like head over to Eugenius? Eugenius? You remember that um, he did mention Ethel a few times. Okay. Then let's head to Ethel's. Okay, cool. So Ethel finishes up. This guy leaves. You've got these glasses on and you can't can't really tell what they do or, or anything like that. And you hear another knock at your door later on. This is like maybe like a couple of hours after the man leaves. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. This is getting to be some sort of throughfare. All right, come in. And she comes and opens the door. Uh, uh good Good afternoon. Uh, my name is uh, Dr. Lisette Powell. I uh, just came to call on you. I, uh, and she just sort of like clears her throat and is constantly like folding and ruffle and like smoothing out her like, doctor apron. Just, uh, my name is uh, Dr. Lisette Powell. I'm a friend of uh, Graves. You know him, yes? Oh, I am familiar with him, yes. Uh, I'm uh, a, a surgeon, and I work primarily uh, over... <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, th- there's something weird happening, and I have reason to believe you may have a little bit of uh, <laughs> insight on it. And she just looks super distraught and reaches into her bag and presents the mask. Oh, dear. Uh, please do come in and... Uh, uh, do set that horrible thing on the table, and uh, can I can I get you a drink? Uh, tea, if if it's tea, just tea. Uh, sure, I I can make some tea. Um, I will be having something a bit stronger myself, if you will excuse me. I will be back in a moment, and we can discuss this matter. Absolutely. And she'll shuffle off and kind of bustle around, um, bring back tea, and for her, she's got a, a small glass of whiskey. Uh, that accent is... No. Where is it from? Georgia. The States. Yes, I am a American transplant, if you will. Oh, honey, you're, you're much more than an American transplant. I mean, we're from the best part of America. You know, you shouldn't sell yourself so short to these New England people, or I guess England people. Ethel pretends like she's waving off like a fly or something, but very obviously in his direction. (laughs) He goes, all right, continue on, and then kind of walks away. So thanks, everybody, for listening. This is a good place to stop. Let's go around. We'll start with Terry. Uh, tell us, Terry, where you're at and what's going on. I'm in my house, uh, <laughs> sheltering in place. Hi, I'm Terry Gamble. You can find me on the internet at theterrygamble.com or at the Terry Gamble on all the social medias. That's Terry with one R. Hanging out. I do quite a few fun things. I um, have a podcast called Horror Movie Survival Guide that Wes also produces. Thank you, Wes. Um, that comes out every Monday talking about scary movies. Um, you can also find me at Saving Throw Show with Abria. Oh my gosh. Um, at the uh, Pirates of Salt Bay. We are on a fun pirate adventure. We're heading into season three. Um, live stream play on Tuesday nights, coming back uh, mid-April. Hey guys, I am Mac Beauvais. You can find me all over the internets as at Strange Like That. You can catch me over at Happy Jacks every Monday playing alternating games. And also because it got brought up in this episode, I actually am a professional tarot card reader. So find me online and I'm doing a lot of readings remote right now from my house to your house. Uh, So hit me up. Hi, I'm Michelle Otis, and you can find me on the socials at Mishulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. You can also uh, get my music through Plate Mail Games uh, at platemailgames.com or through Drive-Thru RPG. Hi, I'm Maria Iyengar. You can catch me on social media at Quiddy, Q-U-I-D-D-I-E. It's the best place to keep up with uh, all of the streams that I'm in, uh, but... Be 
basically, you guys can catch me either here or over on Saving Throw Show, running Pirates of Salt Bay, over on Hyper RPG for Colock 1991 and Cookie Pushers, uh, occasionally over at Happy Jack's RPG, and uh, coming soon, probably as of the time this comes out, I'm over at Scabby Rooster playing a new Hillfolk campaign based in space. And I am Wes Otis. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find me at Plate Mail Games and uh, find all of the sound effects and music on DriveThruRPG or BattleBards. You can also find us at 12 Sided Stories. It's the number 12 then Sided Stories on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to support us, um, you can do a review, give us a shout out, or go to our Patreon at 12 Sided Stories, the word 12 Sided Stories, and uh, back us and get some cool things that way. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk at you very soon. Bye.